Pastor Gardner extended the invitation, I've just been filled with anxiety. And uh, y'all don't help with the tweets. Oh my goodness, the pressure. The pressure. Oh, I just sweat all the way down. But I greet you with divine love and Jesus' joy. I have a very limited uh, time frame this morning. So as we hasten to the passage, uh, I do. it is my first time here and I'm really just honored that um, uh, the faculty or the student body, I don't know who is crazy enough, to, <laughs> but that you uh, offered me this opportunity and for that I am eternally grateful. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Gardner did ask me to blend um, two themes together, so uh, it may seem a little disjointed. I'm going to try to be faithful to my assignment. He wanted to acknowledge that this is African Heritage Month. On one, and on one hand, African Heritage Month, and on the other hand, he wanted me to, more now than ever, we need the church to arise and to declare the glory of the Lord. So hearing that, let's preaching begin. Father, we thank you for this magnificent time in your presence, and we do exalt you, O God. I thank you for the sacred task of proclaiming your word that is living and sharper and power than any two as sword. We pray even now for clarity of mind and clarity of speech, that you may illuminate my thoughts even now. And that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. You're still the reason why we sing. And we give you praise, glory, and honor now. We just don't want to hear the word uh, of God, but we want to hear a word from God. So speak to me, your servant, in Jesus' name. Amen. I said before you this morning, uh, a proud African Nova Scotia. I stand before you as one that hails from the community, historic community of Upper Hammond's Plains, where we have a rich history and lineage. I am seventh generation Nova Scotian, and I came as free refugee of the War of 1812. And growing up in our community, especially our celebratory events, we would always sing the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice. The Black National Anthem was originally intended as a program by school children in Jacksonville, Florida to celebrate Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And uh, President Lincoln, as you know, is the President of the United States of America, who signed the Emancipation Proclamation. And the lyrics were written by the civil rights leader, uh, James Weldon Johnson. The lyrics go like this, lift every voice and sing. Tell earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise, high as the listening sky. Let it resound, loud as the rolling sea. But sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. And facing the rising sun, a new day has begun. Let us march on till victory is won. The second stanza said, God of our weary years, the God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far along the way, thou who by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we pray, but we will sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. We will sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us, and again facing the rising sun, our new day has begun. So let's march on. Beloved, I appreciate the cadence. 
I appreciate the ethos of this. I appreciate the mentality of my ancestors who wanted to honor their past but were more concerned about their future. They really understood that living in your past is an enemy to your future. <laughs> we must put our past in its rightful place behind us. Because the best, I'm convinced that the best way to, to, to honor our past is to celebrate it and not live in it. I appreciate tradition. I have a problem with traditionalism. Ah, there is a difference. I'm going to take my time and my 25 minutes. And so, <laughs> so, so if you hear the mentality and the, the philosophy, the ideology, they were saying, we are going to sing a song full of the faith that was taught us, but the hope that has brought us. They understood that we are better together. And there was a cadence. They were moving. They were marching. And I want to suggest to you this morning that walking is not only good for your physical health, but walking is essential for your spiritual health. For our relationship with God is primarily determined by our faith walk. The just shall live by faith. Now, faith does not eliminate your problems, but faith will keep you in the midst of problems. Mm. Tweet that. Faith will, <laughs> faith will keep you in a trusting relationship in the midst of your problems. And I hope you understand, brothers and sisters, that you have to learn how to walk through stuff. Because I, I, I reflect on my ancestry that I learned how to take a lick and, and keep on ticking. Now, this may not seem like much to you, but in my time of preparation, in my time of meditation, it was impressed upon me that those who will be victorious in this life are not the ones who are perfect or never struggle, but those who are in the midst of problems can keep on walking. Those in the midst of discouragement and persecution, ridicule, family dynamics, prayer pressures, academic pressures, but you can keep on walking in the midst of every conceivable hindrance. You just know that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. There is a walk. The Christian walk is a walk of faith. And I challenge us this morning as his children. He said, my sheep hears my voice and they follow me. There is a tempo, there's a rhythm, there's a pace by which we walk this long road to freedom. And I want to honor the legacy of those who kept the cadence on the long road to freedom. I want to honor those who did not grow weary in well-doing. Those who bore the burden in the heat of the day. Those who were facing the rising sun, singing a new day has begun and we will march on. Tell victory is won. Please, haven't we lived long enough to realize that victory is not obtained overnight? It requires a commitment to a process. Many of us want progress, but don't want to go through the process. Yeah. <laughs> and it's called endurance. I trust we understand this morning that as we celebrate African Heritage Month, we have literally entered a season of endurance. For the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to the one who can endure till the end. Why do you think Hebrews 10 declares that we do not cast away our confidence, which has great reward for us? For we have need of endurance. Yes, I am absolutely convinced that if God brought you to it, he'll see you through it. 
And so today we honor the legacy of those who kept the cadence. We pay tribute and homage to the spirit of endurance, to the freedom fighters who fought for justice and racial equality, democracy, and the dignity of our humanity. The freedom fighters who, who fought against oppression and discrimination and persecution. The freedom fighters who had the courage to wage war against the tyranny of a corrupt society. I hail from Africville. A community that will bulldoze in the middle of the night. I still don't know where to lay flowers on my grandmother's grave. It's the tyranny of a corrupt society placed here to die, thinking that no one will hear their cry, alone and afraid, broken, bruised, and betrayed, discouraged, defeated, devalued, and dismayed, but they realize that God did not bring us this far just to bring us this far. And I hope that on your spiritual journey... <coughs> You understand that you are here with divine purpose. Yes, like Esther, called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we have to go through. We will never have progress if we don't process. We have to go through. But Jen will say, Man, why do I have to go through? Because listen, there are things you learn in that you can't learn out. Oh, if I had a Kia E right there. <laughs> there are things we learn in that we can't learn any other way. And we have to go through. There has to be a spirit of resilience, a spirit of endurance. Because God could have kept Joseph out of jail. God could have kept Daniel out of the lion's den. God could have kept Ezekiel out of the valley of dry bones. He could have kept Jeremiah from tossing in a slimy pit. Could have kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. He could have kept. You know the sovereignty of God that he could have kept. But I believe in order to get out of something, you have to go through something. Which brings me to our text this morning. For this is the victory, even our faith. Before I get to the text, I know that's a long introduction. My <laughs> I need you to understand that what we're going through right now is not to separate you from your faith, it's to fortify your faith. Last year was a very difficult year for uh, myself and for our church family. And people asked if I questioned my faith in the midst of a storm. I'm here to tell you that faith is not a question. Faith is your answer. <laughs> if you hear nothing else this black preacher say this morning, <laughs> faith is not your question. Faith is your answer. My faith told me that God is still able to do exceeding abundantly. Name that I ask or think. My faith reminded me that upon this rock he built his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. My faith reminded me that no weapon formed against shall prosper. Every lying tongue shall be condemned. My faith reminded me that we're head and not tail, above only and never beneath, thus in the city and in the field. Oh, if you don't have a faith that will keep you. Hmm. <laughs> Y'all looking at me, so we don't fight. For victory, we fight from a place of victory. I hope I'm saying something. <laughs> and so as we look at our text, 
about it because I understand we are living in tough times. We are living in a tough age and it's too tough to have church as usual. You may be graduating this year or next year and feeling zealous about going into ministry, but listen, it's too tough to have church as usual. It's too tough for us to be going through the routines of religiosity, too tough to be worried about who's sitting where and who's getting what and what kind of role you have on. I did not come for an observational moment. I came for an authentic and transformational encounter, both with God and with his people. When you're in his presence, yokes ought to be destroyed. Burdens ought to be lifted. The curse can't, oh, never mind. <laughs> why, why? Because you need to understand that the will of God will not take you where his grace cannot keep you. The will of God, and I don't know what futures God has for you, but his will will not take you where his grace cannot keep you. How is this related to the text? Well, the people of Israel experienced this truth in Zechariah chapter 4. God's words come to the people at a critical time in their history. They were a despondent people, a disillusioned people. They were facing a daunting task. They had been exiled for 70 years. I'm preaching to seminarians. Y'all know the story. During the time they witnessed the stress of the most dominant power in the world. They watched the Babylonian army marching off to conquer other nations, and they saw the wealth and the splendor of the Babylonian king. Yes, they lost heart when they compared their weakness and captivity to that of the enormous strength and wealth. Yes, the Israelites returned to their home 70 years later just to find their city in ruin. The magnificent temple was destroyed. The walls were torn down. They had no resources to rebuild. And as former refugees, looking at a huge, enormous, massive task before them, they realized their poverty and weakness, and they became greatly dismayed. And yet there was a word from the Lord. You know God has an on-time word. He promised them that he would rebuild the city. He told them that their ladder would be greater. He told them that what's to come is better than what has been. But he also told them that the rebuilding of this city would not be accomplished by their own power and by their own resources, but by his spirit. And as long as you have God's spirit, I'm convinced you have everything you need. Because some want name, and some want game, and some want fame, but I just want his spirit, God. The spirit of God that you may fan in the flame the fire.
And our executive minister told us we need the Spirit of God now more than ever. If there was ever a time that we need a fresh wind of God's glory, a fresh anointing upon our churches, he said more than 100 churches have left, less than 500 baptisms, youth attendance is down, churches are pastors are being brutal, immorality is all over. He said, what? If we don't understand that this is the day where we need to be seeking God for a fresh move of his glory, a fresh move, a fresh wind, because we're going on to rebuild, rebuild our homes and rebuild our communities and our neighborhoods, to rebuild a temple as places of worship. I'm tired of being in monuments. He didn't save us to build a monument. He saved us to be in a movement. And so Zerubbabel was the leader of the group. And he organized the people to rebuild the temple. And they started to rebuild, but they became discouraged because their numbers were down. You won't be discouraged dealing with church folk. Oh, no. <laughs> they will depress you. They will stress you. And it will be difficult. But hear the word of the Lord. He said, it won't be by your might nor by your power, but it will be by my spirit. It was at the lowest point in their history that the Lord spoke to them through the prophet Zechariah. God gave Zechariah eight messages and eight visions in one night. And in the passage we read today, God's fifth message was that Zerubbabel is not by your might, is not by your power, but is by my spirit. God assured them that what I've assigned to you, it can be accomplished. And God is going to get the glory out of this. It will not be by human efforts. Here I'm repeating myself, but I want a generation that will say nobody but the Lord. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. I can't take credit for it. We did not build it and we can't sustain it. This is nobody but the Lord. That ought to be our cadence. That's our vernacular. That's our speech. Who can heal the brokenhearted? Nobody but the Lord. Who can restore and revive and renew and, and rebuild? Nobody but the Lord. Who can give us beauty for our ashes and joy for our mourning and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaven? Nobody but the Lord. Who can take my mess and still give a message? Take my test and produce a testimony? Nobody but the Lord. And when it's completed, the prophet said in verse 9, then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. Because if it's God's plan, no man can hinder, can stop, can prevent the will of God. We need to understand it's not about man's strength. It's about God's will. Where we pray, kingdom come, will be done on earth. We must learn to trust God when we can't trace God. <laughs> because this work requires us to be faithful. Faith is required for the work. To be faithful, not to grow weary in well-doing. Five minutes and I'm done. The Lord said there's got to be obstacles. But any obstacle to his work he said in verse 7, even if it's great as this great mighty mountain, it will be removed. It will be leveled ground. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. Because the bigger the giant, the harder they fall. It's by my spirit that the work will be accomplished. Why? Because spiritual work requires the spirit to work. Say that. 
spiritual work requires the spirit to work. The people need to look to God and not to their difficulties. And he said, when you bring forth that capstone, there's going to be shouts of grace, grace to it. In other words, when the last piece of stone is laid, when it is completed, people are going to show to God be the glory. God blessed it. God did it. And eventually we will know if he might our enemies away if it had not been for the Lord that was on our side. I want to encourage you this morning, don't give up. Do not give up. Giving up is easy, baby. Come on, come on. He didn't call you just to call you. No, he said, let us not grow weary in well-doing for at the proper time you're going to reap a harvest if you faint not. I'm here to tell you this morning that the work can be done. It won't be easy, but it can be done. Greek is not easy, but it can be done. Hebrew's not easy, but it can Oh, that was a week. I'm not being spitting. Well, where do you see that in the text? Let me be topical for a moment. Because God didn't call Moses over to a burning bush to tell him to take care of a few more sheep. He called him to a burning bush to tell him, go down and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. It won't be easy, but it can be done. God said to Noah, you build an ark when no one heard a ring. And you get two, uh, a pair of each kind of animal. It's not going to be easy, but it can be done. He said to Abraham, why don't you leave your country, your father's house, and go to a land I will show you someday. It won't be easy. But it can be done. Hey, Paul, why don't you go and preach to those days of minor? Yeah, you're going to have constant persecution and off, and off, uh, whatever. And imprisonment and everything. It won't be easy, but it can be done. Well, students of Acadia Divinity College, God has called you. He has equipped you to be a prophet, to be a bishop, to be an evangelist, to be a missionary, to be a chaplain, to let your light so shine in this corrupt world. It won't be easy. Traditional black Baptist big hats, big women. Not, not, not. 
Who can despise? Who can despise the day? Those are the mothers of the church. They get moved yeah. and prayed. But who can despise the day? When I realized there was nothing I did but just being obedient to the Spirit's leading, went from a church that was a predominantly black, well, it was an all-black church, to then became a predominantly black church, and today over 24 nationalities gather under that wow. one roof. This is the Lord's doing yeah. I only say that to encourage you today that it's the Lord's church. Yes, yes, we still have Baptists in our name somewhere, but, but but I tell you, we are really trying to answer the prayer, Lord, make them one. I won't even suggest that that may be the only unanswered prayer. Prayed over 2,000 years ago, the priestly prayer, and still... We don't have unity in the body. And so we <coughs> people from every tribe, tongue, nation, because we don't want to despise the day of small beginnings. Let me say this and I'm finished. I only have four closings. I, I'm finished. <laughs> I, 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 I believe that is not our, our differences do not limit us. Our differences liberate us. Example of the handiwork of God. Enough about that. Who despised the day of small beginnings? Little is much. I don't know where God is going to call you in the next season, but I'm going to tell you that little is much when God is in it. Really, where do you see that? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Moses had one rod, and the people crossed over. 